of scriptures which our lives are being guided and marriage is a God-ordained institution between man and woman. But does it mean you cannot have the influence or the desire to go for another lady even though you are a lady? Does it mean you will not have the desire as a man to go in for a man? No, you will have the desire. But when you are being guided by scripture, you can be able to overcome that desire. Because you will be able to tell by discerning that this desire is not from the Lord for you. Because according to the principles of God, it is a man and a woman. For a lifelong relationship on earth, not in heaven, but on earth. The intentions of God for marriage is for marriage to last forever on earth. I'm saying forever on earth, but not forever in heaven or the afterlife, but forever on earth. So it means that forever here means that till death do us part. So the intention of God was that when people marry, they live together as husband and wife till they depart the earth or till they die, so to speak. However, there is nothing like marriage in heaven. And that's why God wants marriage to last for long on earth. So we quickly go to the book of Matthew 22, verse 30. Matthew chapter 22, the verse 30. That's what I'm The book of Matthew chapter 22, and the verse 10. Yes, please. For in the resurrection state, mm-hmm. neither do men marry, mm-hmm. nor are women given in marriage. So in the resurrection state, talking about when rapture takes place, when we are all resurrected, when our bodies are being transformed from the earthly flesh to receive a heavenly body. Scripture says in that state, we will be like angels in heaven. We will be like angels in heaven who are not given into marriage. If you move further to what's reading, we will be like angels in heaven who are not given into marriage. So, in other words, in heaven, there is nothing like marriage between man and woman. In heaven, heaven doesn't recognize marriage between man and woman dead. You can please join down your questions. After this session, maybe five people, three people can ask some questions. So he says that when we are resurrected, we will be like them that are in heaven, like the angels. It doesn't mean that when we go to heaven, we'll be like the angels and be sitting like the angels, or maybe you might have wings as some angels may have wings, or look like angels. No. He's saying in relation to marriage, when we get to heaven, even if we are married on earth, we will not. So let's say right now, if rapture takes place right now and you are not married, when you get to heaven, it doesn't mean that you get some fine girl or fine guy and marry in heaven. No. So in heaven, there is nothing like we going to marry man and woman in heaven. But we will be like angels in heaven. So in other words, it gives us deeper understanding that angels can marry. Angels are both female and male. I've heard people say that they cannot be uh, male, female, uh, male angels or female angels. There's only one angel that's males. And they said angels cannot reproduce. That's equally a lie. Scripture debunks that notions or opinions of men. Angels can reproduce. Angels can marry. But the question is, where can they marry? 
they cannot marry in heaven. Scripture says, Matthew 22, verse 30. They will be like angels in heaven who are not giving into marriage. So angels cannot marry in heaven. But angels can marry on earth. Angels can give birth on earth. Please don't, before you even conclude, I'm, I'm teaching heresy or I'm saying things that are not true. Let's go to scripture speaking. Genesis <laughs> chapter 6, verse 1 to 2. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1 to 2, my God. I think you have it right. Six, the best one to two. Chapter six. Mm-hmm. The best one to two. Yes, please. When man began to multiply on the face of the Please listen one. carefully. When the Lord created men, and then men began to multiply, what happened, man of God? And daughters were born to them. Daughters were born unto this man. The sons of God saw that the daughters of men were fed. Uh-huh. And they took the wives of all they desired. So, these sons of God are angels, which the Bible records calls watchers over the earth. So, when God created the earth, He made angels to watch us over territories on the earth. And when the angels uh, were on earth, or they found their homes on earth to watch over the land, Scripture says, men began to multiply, and as men multiplied, they gave birth to daughters. Ladies were giving birth to. So, you see that even in the world now, there are more ladies than men. There are more ladies than men. So ladies were giving birth to, ladies began to multiply more. And scripture says the angels who were supposed to watch over the earth and watch over the territories upon the earth, they began to desire and lust over the women on the earth. And what did they do? They didn't just stay back because they are angels. Scripture says they took the daughters for wives. It's not me, please. Scripture. So we see angels here marrying ladies on earth, human beings. Okay, how will spirits, how will spirits now marry humans? The problem here is that you think that all angels are spirits. And even though all angels are spirits, some can metamorphose to have a human form. Are we okay? Angels can have different forms depending on their abilities. Not all angels can look like men. Even the book of Hebrews say that, be careful that you will be good to everyone. You, you show love to everyone. Because in so doing, you have entertained angels without knowing. So there are angels that may appear to us even as men. So because of that ability of them to be able to transform themselves into anything that they may, they may want to be, not all angels, but some angels according to their ranks can transform themselves. Alright. So because of that, they had an ability to have intercourse with the daughters of the earth. Okay? And when they gave birth, they gave birth and their proceeds became giants. So he says, scripture says that men will be like angels in heaven who will not be given to in marriage. But he didn't say on earth. If he said on earth, then we understand that oh, there is a problem here. But he said in heaven. In heaven. Because on earth, the angels themselves took for themselves daughters as wives and they gave birth. But the point here is that we can't say because of this, we will then define marriage in our own ways. Because marriage was not instituted by man. Please be with me. Be with me. You will need this. Marriage was not instituted nor invented by man. Marriage was instituted and invented by God. And therefore, if it is God that established marriage, we need to go to God to understand the basis and the rules of marriage. What is marriage according to God, not according to man? 
Marriage must be defined not by bishop, not by your pastor, not by your friend, not by what your friend thinks, but by what God is saying. And whatever God is saying about marriage, he has inscripted upon tablets, which we now call Bible. Are we here? So if you want to understand marriage, friends can be a vessel through which God can speak to you about marriage. But then not every good person is godly. So you may go to a good person, but my friend is good, doesn't mean that they are godly. I may look good, I may be good to you, but, but I may not be godly. So even though I may be giving you a good advice, that advice may not be godly. Are you here? So some people are good at giving advices which are good. When you hear it, oh, this is a good advice, I'll take it. But the question is, is it a godly advice? Is it a godly advice? And that is why we must always test all spirits and be able to discern what men are telling us. Because at some point, because I am good, I want to always talk good and talk nice. But am I godly? Even sometimes, the bad words that may come out, or the harsh words that may come out, may be godly. But it may not be goodly. Not all godly words are goodly. Not all godly words are pleasant, so to speak. As they were talking about Jesus, what Jesus did in the temple was not goodly in the eyes of man. But was it godly? Yes, it was godly. But it wasn't goodly. It wasn't good in the sight of man. He could have given some notice. But he didn't do those things. But was the father pleased about him? Yes, it was godly. The father was pleased. The father was pleased. <laughs> the nation Israel is very happy here. Yeah. So do you understand this? Marriage must be defined by God to us and not by men to us. If a man make a car, a man must tell us what to use the car for. Any other thing you use the car for, aside what the man tells you to do, you are abusing the use of that car. Or that target. So if God tells me that this is what I have done and this is what you must do by what I have done for you, you must follow the principles of God and not the principles of what men think. So doing something contrary to what God has told you, it means that you are being abusive of what God has told you to do. And then we call it sin. So he says it is a God-ordained institution between man and woman. I say again that the temptation of going for a man, even though you are a man, is there. But should it be what you should yield unto? No. The temptation of seeing a beautiful lady as a lady and go for a lady is there. But should it be what you must do? No. For we are not men that walk according to our flesh or according to our sight, but we are spirit who walk according to our faith and by spirit. So if we continually go by our feelings, you will go wrong. Because every now and then you are feeling good about someone. Then you wear plenty rings. <laughs> you see. And that is why some people are called womanizers and should I say womanizers or whatever it is. But it's not necessarily because they are womanizers per se. Everyone has a tendency of being drawn to nice things. So when I see nice things, you are nice. But not all men have an ability to control their emotions of not being drawn to all nice things. 
So therefore, it is important that when you realize that you are drawn to nice things and perhaps nice men, even though you have a man in your life or a woman in your life, you must ask the Holy Spirit to help you to be disciplined. If not, you will continually follow your emotions and you will end up going outside the world of God. Because you are following good things and not godly things. And when you are not following the will of God, which is godly, you will end up sinning and perhaps you will end up backsliding and then you will not make it to heaven. So then the scripture again tells us in the book of Genesis chapter 2, the verse 18 to 20. The book of so after God created everything, he says everything was good, everything was nice, everything was beautiful, everything was perfect. But when he looked at the man he created, he said that it is not good. I will make him a helper. I will make him, I will make him a helper. Suitable. Suitable. Adapted. Suitable. The word there is suitable. Suitable. Not only suitable, but what adapted. You must adapt. You must be suitable. Complement. Some people don't like the adaption there. Take me as I am. I will enter there. Let's move on. Okay. Complimentary Complimentary. You don't come to complete your man. You don't come to complete your woman. So don't think without you, you can't make it. He was already making it without you. She was already making it without you. You are a complimentary, not a completion. Okay, move on. Verse 19. Mm-hmm. And out of the ground, the Lord got from every beast. Okay. And leave it for each other. Right, because of time of God. Let's do this quickly. He says that it was not good for man to be alone. But the question I keep asking when I read this scripture is the fact that Adam was not alone in the garden. God was there. And that's why God saw that it was not good for him to be alone. So I began to search for the, the, the meaning, the actual meaning of the word alone. And you realize that the, the what the author wanted to intend there is that it's not good for man to be lonely, not alone. Because Adam was not alone, he was with God. He was not alone, he was with trees. He said, the beast came out of the ground. Trees equally came out of the ground. Adam was with trees. There were trees there, but he, he still felt lonely. Even though there were trees. He still felt lonely, even though God was around. Why? Because all the things there were not of his kind. All the things there were not of his kind. And because they were not of his kind, he kept feeling lonely or alone. This is what I'm trying to say. There are some times where you can even be in a company of people and you still feel lonely. Are you okay? Sometimes when you enter into a new place, you don't know anyone there, you feel alone even though people are with you. But the alone, the, even though people are with you, you are not alone. The reason why you are feeling alone is because you feel an alien, you are lonely. Until the, the people begin to laugh with you and begin to communicate with you, then you will feel okay. Adam was with trees. He was with animals. Yet, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. Was God lying? No. But what he was trying is that he is alone in, sense of, in the sense of loneliness and also in the sense of his kind. He did not have his kind. 
Adam could not talk to a lion like he would talk to the wife. So he was lonely. He could have had a, con- a, a mature conversation because the level of our wisdom is different from the level of the wisdom of animals. The level of the wisdom of a tree is different from the level of the wisdom of a man. Trees have wisdom. Let me just run Trees have wisdom. That's why they are able to produce nutrients. They are able to harness the sun and be able to cause photosynthesis. A tree does all those things. God doesn't do it for the tree. The tree was positioned and planned to do that. God doesn't come to move my hand. I move my hand by the power God has given me. A tree has its own wisdom, its own level of wisdom to be able to sprout up and to grow. When a tree is deficient not only of nutrients, but only also deficient of wisdom, it does something else. And that's why we have creeping plants and we have other plants. Yet a plant who is supposed to stand begins to creep. Because it lacks certain level of wisdom, a certain level of nutrients. That's my message. But the point is that Adam was alone. As a wife, as a husband, as a spouse to someone, make sure that your spouse is not with you and still feeling lonely. And sometimes when you are with people or you are with someone who are in a relationship and you feel lonely in that relationship, sometimes it is a red flag to tell you that this person is not doing the will of God for me. But sometimes getting out becomes a difficulty. You understand. One of the major things is what people say. <laughs> so the point here is that make sure that even when you are with your spouse, none of you is lonely. Because it is possible to be with your spouse and still be lonely. And I will explain further. But when God sees you lonely, he says it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be lonely because the devil finds work for the ideal man. The devil finds work for the lonely man. So God doesn't see us to be lonely. He doesn't expect us to be lonely. He expects us to be occupied with our time. And I said that the reason why Adam was feeling lonely or alone there was because he was not with his time. The moment Adam, the moment Eve was back out of his side. Because suddenly he says, This is the bone of my bone. This is the flesh of my flesh. He began to explain. He began to have a conversation from within. He began to be excited. The animals did not excite him. The trees did not excite him. Even God did not even excite him to some extent. There are things God can do for you, but God can never do your wife. He is God, yes, fine. But he will not be your wife. So what your wife can satisfy you with, what your husband can satisfy you with, God will not. Yes, we are married to God. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We have Jesus in us. Why are you still going for a relationship? You understand? There is an aspect God has placed within us that demands that we seek for other opposite sex for marriage according to His will. So, the animals were not able to satisfy that aspect of Adam that he needed a woman, a kind of him, to do that. And when God saw that, he then made a woman from his side. And it's clear a rib was taken. A rib was taken from Adam to form Eve. And I will explain the rib then. But then again, make sure that when your spouse is with you, you don't feel lonely. Never allow your spouse to feel lonely even in your presence. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. It gives room for a lot of temptations. Let me break it down. 
Anytime people are having relationship problems, the opposite sex end up chatting their mom. Okay. <laughs> so that verse says, it is not good for that man to be alone. So you can be with your spouse there, your spouse is not alone, yet they are feeling lonely. Sometimes go home, don't, don't allow... <laughs> don't allow your spouse to feel like a widow or a widower even when you are still alive. Mm. You are alive yet your wife or your husband is feeling like a widow or a widower. Why should it be so? It shouldn't be the case. These are not teachings you just teach you for today. They are teachings you need to be listening to every time. Get a message and listen to it every time. Remind yourself constantly. The only time or usually when you mostly catch your spouse about cheating or doing something else outside, when you check the dates very well, you're not full, that time you're having problems. Yeah. Yeah. But some ladies are not quick enough to realize it. And what they realize is that the message and not the dates. They take only the message into consideration. They don't take the date into consideration. And so, but when they even see the message or the date, they don't care about the date, they don't care about the, all they care about, why are you talking to this person? Why but sometimes you have to sit down, consider the date. What happened on that time? What is causing this person to do this? What am I not doing right? Is it, is it the way they are or it is me? If it is me, I make changes. If it is the way they are and they cannot really change by their own strength, you must pray for them. It's not every time break up, break up. Some of you like break up too much. <laughs> Every single thing that break up. <laughs> and sometimes it's because you like you, you, you have too many backups. Oh, I thought you clap your hands. Sometimes it's because we have too many backups. But when God put Adam, he didn't give if and he gave Adwa. He didn't make a backup for Adam. He made only Eve for Adam. But you, you want to go against God and have backup. And that's why people will break up today and in one month they are dating another person. Yeah. <laughs> well, one, week, one, one month is even not there. You see, then even as we are Christians, some of us fall corporate to these things. Some of us fall corporate to these things. And we know ourselves. And because we don't want to be caught, we also laugh. So we don't look like we are the one doing those things. You understand? But you see, when we begin to do all those things, we are going against the will of God for us. And we are not living as Christians. If the person is not the will of God for you, don't say yes. Don't go in for it. Don't feel sorry for the person. Don't feel pity for the person. Don't go in for the person if it's not the will of God for you, even if they are good. Not every good person is for you. Thank you, man of God. <laughs> you understand this. So it was not good for man to be alone. Anytime you have issues with your spouse, for those of you who will go a long time without talking to the spouse, one day you not touch, you not talk, you not call. On friend, I'm speaking friend. On text, I'm speaking text. One week. Come on. See, all those things, scripture says, it is not good for man to be alone. So when you are doing those things, God says, it is not good for you to be alone. 
Because you will end up allowing the enemy in. When Eve was alone, that was what that was when Satan had the opportunity to come in. Mm. Anytime you are alone, Satan gets an opportunity to come in. And for some ladies, for some for some guys, when they have some issues and there is tension, and because they don't want to talk about the tension, you know what? If the man tries to talk to the lady, she will still be strong. Leave him. Some men also don't want to, to lose any argument. And because they don't want to lose any argument, even if they are wrong, they don't want to accept that they are wrong in the argument, and then they will still be strong. And the lady will go, oh, oh, I've cooked for you, eat. He said, I won't eat. Mm. <laughs> uh, you see, some ladies on their diet. But that's not supposed to be the case because when you don't also pamper the man to eat, regardless of whatever happened, even though he is wrong or he's right, regardless of it, he will become alone. And when he becomes alone, thoughts begin to run in his mind. Thoughts begin to run. That is why it is your duty. That's why you see, teachers like this, it is good for you to come with your spouse. So both of you will learn. When one person learns, eh, it will be only you doing the work. So you feel the belly. But when both of you hear a message, both of you will be doing your work, and it will be very much easy. That, oh, Bishop put a message that, oh, if I'm angry, like, I'm even bored, got the tension. If she talks to me, let me just answer. To prevent the loneliness, but only how? So what to say, okay, I have to talk to him. And you, you go and go and pamper. You go and pamper your husband. You go and lingerie uh, and pamper. You go and pamper. And if you don't mind you. If you don't mind you. He will prefer to go outside because he's hungry than to stay in the house. When he goes outside, what is in his mind? When she goes out, what's in his, her mind? When they're on their phone because they're hungry, what is in their minds? Some of you, you are like that. When you are hungry, when they talk to you, you don't want to listen. Every argument you want to win. Go, go home, go home, go home, go home. But it is not good for man to be alone. God doesn't want you to be alone. Anger can make you alone. Anger can make you make certain decisions you're not supposed to make. And for some ladies, when their spouse are hungry, they don't even cook. You want them to come and tell you that come and cook first, or you get you'll be bossy. No. Whether in anger or no anger, cook. If they won't eat, do your side of the bargain. Make them eat. If they are even angry, I know it is tension. I know it is tension. There's some tension cannot go away at that instance. But you see, you must make the concrete effort not to go by your feelings, but, but to go by scripture. So you don't allow anyone coming to your home. It is our own fault. We allow people coming to our home and we blame the devil. It's not the devil, it is you. Some of the things the devil have nothing to, to do about it, but it is us. It is us. Let's be here. It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him what? A helper. Or a helpmate. Who is what? Suitable. The person must be what? Suitable. Suitable also talks about specs. Don't go and take a man because of money and he doesn't suit your specs. And then you will end up going outside the marriage or outside the relationship. He must be suitable in all angles. Suitable. He must be your specs. Even if God say, God will say and make sure he meets your specs. He will answer you according to your desire. Are you here? The man might not be 100%, but he will be suitable. You will know. You will feel it too. 
But if you don't, if you feel it, then you don't know there is a problem. <laughs> some of you are with people, right? But I'm feeling for someone. Uh, because you don't know this, that this person is for you. Mm. The person, you, see, you don't know. You just feel. Mm. But don't keep, don't keep going by feelings, 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 feelings. You must know. If not, then you ruin your new full age. You want to explore. <laughs> you want to explore. Hmm. You know you didn't have money before I set up a go down. Why did you say yes? Why would we not be complaining that he doesn't have the data blah 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 and now? That's just supposed to know the person before you say yes. That, that moment before you say yes. You don't come and say yes before you become and you, and you complain. My goodness. Let's move further. It is not good for man to be alone. Are you alone? <laughs> You're alone, eh? We'll match make you right now. <laughs> But I will make him a helper who is suitable. And then the person must be what? Adapted. It explains explain the helper there. You must be adapted. Adapt. You must compromise. You can't say, take me as I am. Take me as I am will destroy a lot of things in your house. As I am, say. <laughs> you can't be as I am. Because as humans as we are, we change by time. Your favorite color when you were a kid is not your favorite color right now. Your favorite color you want to buy is not what you want to buy right now. When you were a kid, it's different what you want to buy right now. The dream house you wanted at first is different now. Mm. Even your wedding gown keeps changing on your phone. Mm. Today you want this style, tomorrow you want that style. The dress you even wanted to wear for today, you, you've changed it separately. But you must be adaptive. That's the word, adaptive, compromise. Anyone who says, take me as I am, is not willing to become better. Some of it here. Some of it here. Some of it here. Take me or leave me. Take me or leave me. It's a foolish talk, sorry to say, but it's the truth. Take me or leave me, say, you better you It appears I'm talking for the ladies now. The guy is not <laughs> But you see, he says be adaptive. You can't say take me as I am because you will not grow. The Lord created us to be better than we are now. Mm. So if you want us to you as you are, it means you are stagnant. And when you begin to be stagnant, you begin to stink. You begin to stink. Everyone will begin to point finger at you. Because you are making no effort to be better. Get away, they say now. If any guy wants to you see boys talk. Boys, boys, this guy be so in It's okay if he be so in here, then chop on the level. Hey. It is so. But a guy can advise you about another lady. Say, this girl, if you get plus, no matter what you get plus, actually go. You understand? Boys, are you here? Yeah. You must be adaptive. Adapt. It doesn't make you a fool, it doesn't make you inferior. It just means that you are being a helper. He made the woman for the man as a helper. But the man was alone and you came. 
Why will you come and still make the man feel alone? Then why did you come? Why did you say yes? Why will you also go and propose and now make that woman feel alone also in the relationship? He that finds a wife finds a good thing. Why will you go and find when you want to be alone? Like, and you, you some of you go and lie and say, my pastor said, my pastor said. Well, you've not said anything. <laughs> when I hear some breakup lines, eh? Some, 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 it's, it's quite funny. Mommy, it's your mama, you know, sir. Don't be for me. Hallelujah. It is not good for man to be alone. You must be adaptive. If you are in a house and for the um, the WC, it must be closed, it must be closed. But in case your man forgets to close the WC, the top of it, and you go to the washroom to use it, don't always complain. No, sometimes just close it, maybe about five times. If he still doesn't realize that, oh, I let it open and now it's closed, and he doesn't realize that when he's open there, going to a the shower here. That's what I told you this time. I'm not going to get this out. What if you guys are going to get this out? No, what? Violence. It shouldn't be the case. I'm teaching you this. I know some of you have certain habits that will not change at once. But you must be conscious of the truth. You must be conscious of what God wants you to do. And you should do it. Don't throw this away. It will keep your relationship. Your man say, oh, there are many girls, there are many guys. You don't know what they're talking about too. Not every girl can be your helper. Not every man can be there for you as your husband. There is more to marriage than just love you, love you, love you, love you. If you don't have the godly one, even when you are struggling, that person will become another struggle to you than being a helper. You understand? One of the advice I will give to the ladies here as we move on is that don't ever doubt a man because they are struggling now. You are struggling. Even you yourself, you are struggling. Even you yourself, you are struggling. Some of you hmm, must learn to be adaptive. Because if you are not adaptive, you will not become suitable. Why am I saying this? Even you yourself. You cannot, you can never remain the same. You can't be the same. It is unnatural to be the same person every time. If not, you will have the same hairstyle or you leave your hair on. Even if when you leave your hair on, it will still not be the same. The way you talk, it may sound the same, but it will not be the same. The way you walk, the way you eat sometimes. Day in, day out, your taste changes. Your preference changes. Your standard changes. But the will of God will not change. 
for you. So even when your preference changes and your feelings are changing, don't forget that the will of God will not change. And you see, it, it is the will of God, it is His will, and He will find it. Are you here with me? You don't understand what I'm trying to say. You think she doesn't have money, and you want a girl who has money to look at all those ones are you? If that girl is the will of God for you, if she doesn't have money, God will fund it because it is His bill. Are you here? If He is the will of God for you, and God says it is Him, God Himself will take it as His bill and fund it. But if He doesn't do it, He is making Himself a liar. And God is not a man that He should lie. So he will make sure you will find it. Not by what you think or how you think or the time you think it will happen, but by how he does it. And that is why we must always ask about how will he do it. We must inquire. Even when we don't know how, we should know when. So we'll, we'll comfort ourselves with that when. You want to start? So even though I don't see it, I know he's working. Even though I don't feel it, I know he's working. It doesn't seem like you become something tomorrow. You might not feel it. You may feel down. You may feel like this are not working the way they should, they should go. But it's about how you feel or it's about what God has said. Even if you've not been prophesied to anywhere, anytime in your life before, the word of God is there. It says his plans for you are not for evil. For, for him to create you and you, for you to enter into evil and paranoia. But his plans for you are for good. To bring you to a perfect end. An incomplete end, but to a perfect end. It's not a halfway end, it is a perfect end. Are you here with me? To a perfect end. That's the plan of God for you. So even when you don't receive any prophecy, know that you cannot be a failure. So don't go by how you feel. Don't go by what you have in your account. It shouldn't be about that. It should be about what God has said, how He will do it, and He should teach you how He should do it. He should teach you His ways. The Lord taught Moses his ways. God can teach you his ways. And it will lead you to the perfect end. But if you don't go by the ways of God, you will find yourself stranded. You will find yourself feeling differently for different men, for different women. You will, oh my goodness. But it is not good for man to be alone. The verse 24, Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father, and his mother, and his mother, and shall become united and cleave to his wife, and become united and cleave to the wife, and they shall become one flesh. They shall become what? Come on, church. They shall become what? One flesh. Two flesh. One flesh. A man, for this reason, the reason of marriage. A man, God said, a man will leave the parents' house and then meet with the wife and they will become one flesh. This is the ordained institution of God that a man leaves and then becomes one with a woman. The wife, his wife, not someone else's wife, his wife, his own wife. I have my wife, you have your wife, you have your husband. If you're going to take my own, you be better. If I go and take your own, I must be one 
flesh with my own. Everyone here has his own. Or her own. Everyone. Forget about population, the census, or the even then, God made others idiots when they will not marry. I'm not talking about people who feel they are barren so they want to become sisters. No. No, not those people. Those people, even some of them, with respect to the, the how do I say, that office of sisterhood, church, and whatever, with respect to it. But there are others who, based on different reasons, based on some divorce, based on some issues, they go and tell themselves that they want to be sisters. Yet God has not made you enough. And those people will then end up there and begin to mess up over there. No. Those ability to be without a wife or a, a husband is a gift God has given. It's an ability God has given to others. If you don't be given that ability, don't enter into it. Don't force yourself because for breakup you say, I don't want, I don't want to marry again. Don't be a fool. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't tell yourself for a breakup. No. Tell yourself good things. Are you here? So a man will lead and cling to the wife and become one flesh. Oneness. The main purpose, the main purpose of marriage that God instituted is because of oneness. 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 God wants to establish a different level of oneness on earth. And based on that, he made marriage. I will explain further. Oneness. It's not even uh, procreation. It's not even companionship. It is oneness. 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 So therefore, it means that when a man and a man come together, they can never be one flesh. They will still be two flesh. When a woman and a woman come together, they will not be one flesh. They will be what? Two flesh. According to the dictate of God. He is the authority of marriage, not man. Are you here? So even if two men are here and a pastor blesses them that they are married in the sight of God, they are not married because they are still two flesh. It's not, it's not man that puts men together. It is God that puts men together. Are you here? Even if I bless your marriage, it is not me that I'm putting the marriage together. I am just a vessel. But it is God that is putting you together. That is why God says, let no man put asunder. Let no man divide or destroy what he has put together. Even you yourself, you have no ability to put asunder what God has put together. Because when you begin to do that, you begin to find God himself. Are you here? Don't fight anyone's marriage. You may be fighting God. <laughs> Don't take anyone's wife. Don't take anyone's husband. You will be fighting God and God will fight you, I tell you. Even if that woman is not prayerful, God himself will fight you. <laughs> if that woman is not prayerful, God himself will fight you. Let me tell you. You see, if you are dating anyone who is a married person, They give me money. They have time for me. They are coming better. They told me that they are having issues at home. The wife is not giving me. Are you the wife? Oh, boy. Why would they leave their wife? Why would they leave their wife and leave their wife now? Don't listen to the lies of men. A man can say anything he wants if he wants to get under that skirt and lift it. A man can say anything in this world if he wants to have you. But never say that the man is saying the truth because of what he's saying. Men, by nature, unless they fight it, 
have an ability to talk nicely. Men by nature are cunning. They can speak talking. Even though the people you think they are harsh or they have deep voice, there are some women that the deep voice kills them. <laughs> so by nature, God has given it to them. So not only fall for nice talks. Listen beyond the words they are speaking. Listen beyond the tone of their voice. Listen beyond. Don't say this person talks to me nicely and this person shouts at me. The person shouting may be the will of God for you, but you are going for good voice. What if you can now help the one who is shouting at you to learn how to be calm? That is why you are there. You are a suitable pair. You are a helper. So you must help him to learn how to talk, not to leave him because he doesn't know how to talk. Are you there to leave him when I'm there to help him? Are you there to complain when you're there to help? But we leave people for various reasons. Yes, I understand. Some things may go overboard. You may not help. If people are not willing to be helped, that's when you leave them. But if they are willing and they are making efforts to be helped, don't leave. If they are not willing to be helped, fine, you can leave. But if they are willing to be helped and they are making personal efforts to be helped, then help them not leave. Are you here with me? Are you well here with me? Yes, sir. So he says, they become one. Understand that whoever blesses your marriage is not the one that is putting your marriage together. It is not even your vow that is putting your marriage together. Not even your ring that is putting your marriage together. It is God. So if the marriage is breaking away, Father, Father, you said, let no man put asunder. And that man equally there also means a spirit because men are spirits. So it means that if it's not the, a man putting the business asunder and it is even a spirit putting it asunder, you can deal with it from the onset from God. Mm. Are you here with me? Yes. Whether spirit, whether man, God can deal with it. So when it's an issue about marriage, deal with it from the perspective of God. Not from your own perspective. You understand? Yes, there are some things you should do based on character and whatever it is. But aside that, don't take God out because it is Him. That puts you together. Are you here? Then, if you go further in the verse, he tells us about how that God made woman out of the man from the rib. You see, we 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 see it as rib, rib, rib. He, he took a rib and then he got. It's not really the rib of the man. It means he took the woman from the side. You see, God made woman from another side of man. How do I say this? A woman, okay, represents another side of man. To make the kind, a kind of man, God needs to take from the side of man. The rib word there means side, not necessarily rib. Because if God took the rib of man and made Adam, or made Eve, sorry, it means that a man must be shut off from a rib. And a woman must also contain only one rib. Or maybe God can multiply the rib for the woman. But that rib that is missing there, must be missing. It must not be complete. But as we stand here or we sit here right now, all of us have two, 12 sets of ribs, making it 24 each. We don't have 11 and 12 here. No man has 11 and 12. It is 12, 12. Unless maybe there is a sickness that makes you have more ribs or less ribs. But every normal human being has 12, 12. Making it 24, 12 sets. Are we okay? 
So if God was talking about rape, rape, then there should be one missing from the man. And the man must be able to find it from the woman. <laughs> but he wasn't talking about rape, rape. The, the word rape there means his side. His side. He made woman from the side of the man. From the an aspect of the man is in the woman. A missing set of the man is in the woman. Are you here? And that is why when you meet a man or a woman, sometimes it makes you feel as though you've known this person for a very long time, even though you've met in a short moment. Sometimes you may ask them, where were you all this while? Sometimes you may see certain similarities like, that's like, like we, we, we have some things in common. There may be certain differences because there is that W-O, but there is major things in common which is the man. Are you here? Yes, sir. Are you here? Yes. So God made you from a side of the man. Which side of a man are you? Whose man's side are you from? If you are from a different side of a man, you will never fit in there. You will never fit in that marriage, you will never fit in that relationship. Because you are from a different side. But if you are from the right side of that right man, you will be suitable in that side. And we are here. Sure. Then again, you see, in our current dispensation, when I going to marry a woman, they will ask for a bright price. Is it coffee? Is it right? I will explain to you. It is not wrong. It is not wrong. Okay. We can equally say that the side of the man that God took to make a woman was the bright price given to the woman. Okay. Some of you feel that they didn't take any bright price from him, so why did they take any bright price? No. A side of the man was given to the woman to make up the woman. When the man pays the bright price of the wife, even if it is money or buying of goods, it is a side of the man to the woman. In our current dispensation, we can't go and take your rape and give it to the woman. No. But we must take from the side of the man and give to the woman. So even if it is money, money contains your energy. It contains your blood. It contains your time. It contains an affection of love to give. So that bright price is not about what they are demanding, but it's about your side you are giving to the woman. That should be the understanding of it. The side you are giving to show love to the woman. That you are the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. So don't just see bright price as a culture. No, men did not invent it. Don't, don't. Is it like the old days when they, they are paying tithe, they pay by fruits and goods and uh, food stuff and all that. But no, in this dispensation, we pay tithe by money. Right? Unless I'm required to realize they are being tied by buildings or whatever it is. Are you here? If you are a lady and are selling hair, you can't come and pay tight to me with your hair. I'm not going to put you in one. You see? So you convert it into money and then you pay your tight to the church. You can't come and give us your hair. Who's going to wear it? <laughs> you understand? So in this, they've realized that and then they converted it. Then again, going further also, you realize that during the wedding day, a, a man who is the father of the bride, takes the bride to the altar and then leave the bride at the altar and give the bride to the husband for them to exchange their vows. Even in the Bible, scripture says, and God gave Eve to Adam 
and God gave Eve to Adam. So God there became the in-law of Adam and still became the father of Eve. And he gave it to Adam. That is why your father must walk you to the altar. And even if your father is not there, your brother will do it. Or someone who is a father figure, who is a God figure. So when your father is taking you to the altar, it's not God, it's not your father, it is God. He is taking the place of God. It is God that is giving you into marriage, not man. Your father may be taking the right place, or family may be taking the right place, but it is God. He is standing in the place of God. So when you are doing wedding and understand it. When you're married, don't think it's just about the gown. No, 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 no. It's about who is taking you there. Is it God? Is he representing God? Or is he representing family? He's representing, representing who? Who is he representing? That person must represent God. And when you are on the altar and you are moving, you must go and understand him. And when you are there and they tell you to proclaim the vow and to give your, your kiss and whatever it is, that kiss know what is keeping you. The vow is not keeping you. If it's the vow, we don't have any divorce cases. So remember, it is God. God took me to the altar. Mm. It is God that will keep me at the altar. Mm. It's the altar that my marriage was brought together and my marriage will be kept at the altar. Altar. You must raise an altar for your marriage. You must raise an altar for your husband. Raise an altar for yourself. It's at the altar that the marriage is kept. Are you here with me? You can't be married and then you don't have an altar. You can't be in a relationship and not have an altar. So, so are you several people think I'm talking about marriage? Even in a relationship. You may not be married yet, but if that person is the will of God for you, God already knows. You begin to proclaim things ahead of time. And the road will be cleared for you. Are you here? Are you here? So don't think it's only for married people. It is for you. I'm teaching you. I'm teaching you. The altar. For those of you who are already married, you are already at the altar there. Even when wherever you did your wedding and you left that place at the altar, you did not really let the altar, you didn't really leave the altar of God. You may leave physically, but don't leave spiritually. For it is there you will keep your marriage. <laughs> you don't need anything to do to keep your marriage. Hey, if anyone is trespassing, I can command madness. Power has been given to you. He said, even out of the mouths of babes and something, have I ordained? Have I put in power? Even babies have power in their mouth. How much more you? Who is growing in Christ? You have power to command him. Because some of you don't believe in some of these things, and that's why some things are still shaking in your way. Move it further, because he said, man and woman will come together and become one flesh. Not two flesh, one flesh. One flesh. And I said the purpose of marriage entirely is for oneness. And that is why when you are trying to date anyone, trying to be in a marriage or anything, you look for the purpose. Because it is the purpose that will determine the oneness we are going to one direction. Oneness. The reason why God wants to establish the oneness is because when the people become one, nothing is impossible to them. God designed marriage to establish a level of oneness to make sure that with this oneness, nothing is impossible with this couple. 
If there are certain things that are impossible to you as a couple, you must check the oneness. Tell someone, check the oneness. Check the oneness. It is very key. That is why it's not good for the man to be alone. That's why even if, even if your husband or your wife make a suggestion for you to do something, and you don't feel that's what must be done, you feel you must do something else. You see, don't leave that spouse of yours to do what they do. Let them fail and then you tell them, let me catch you. No. Because of oneness, even if you think what he's saying or what she's saying is not wise enough, still support. By your support, it will work. Don't enjoy seeing them fail and tell them that you told them. No. Support. Some of you want to say, onion and shit, onion. Or for you to say that, let me catch you. What do you gain in the failure of your spouse? When you can support to prevent that failure. Stop that thing. Oneness must be attained. That's why there must be adaptiveness. You must be adapted. If today it is my vision has been accepted, she must force and run with me with my vision. Tomorrow it might be her vision, and I must support her with her vision too. I must not leave her because it's not my vision. Oneness. And he said that when they become one, nothing becomes impossible to them. A threefold cord cannot easily be broken. Last scripture, Genesis 11, verse 6. Genesis 11, verse 6. That goes like this. The book of Genesis chapter 11, verse 6. Yes, please. And the Lord said, mm-hmm. Behold, mm-hmm. they are one people. These are even unbelievers. And they have all one language. They all have one language. They are one people that have one language. Mm-hmm. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. By their oneness, scripture says this is even the beginning. Can you imagine the beginning of what you are doing? God is saying what you are into is even the beginning. The relationship is even the beginning. What you have achieved in marriage is even the beginning. Wow. Ah. <laughs> or if you don't see where you are going. Yeah. My goodness, one of the one. And now nothing they have. And nothing they have imagined to do will become impossible to them. Anything couples imagine to do, so long as both of them agree, there is an agreement shall two work together unless they be agreed. So long as there is an agreement between them, and God sees that agreement, just nothing shall be impossible to them. These are principles laid down, and even when unbelievers even buy into it, it will succeed for them. These were unbelievers building a tower to the heavens, and when God saw it, said that because of their oneness. This thing they are bringing to heaven will become possible because let me give them different tongues to cause confusion. He could have killed them and then to end there. But you rather cause confusion in language, in oneness. He caused a confusion in their culture, in their way of thinking. And as a result of that, the tower they were all one building, suddenly they left it there. They were left it there. They broke it down there. But when couples are one, he says, nothing shall be impossible to them. If your husband is struggling, if your wife is struggling, if your spouse is struggling, ask yourself, are you one with them? Because if you are one with them, nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. Nothing you imagine to do will be impossible. Can you please be upstanding? 
These principles do not only work for Christians or believers, it equally works for unbelievers. It's a principle on earth. You want to stretch forth your hands towards the altar right now? And you want to pray that my God, my God, help me to establish oneness in my relationship, oneness in my marriage. That I may not always disagree. You are at liberty to give suggestions, but even when it's not taken, go by what is on the table and make sure it works. Oneness. 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 It must not be a win and a loss situation. It must be a win-win situation. If we are together, even as a church, oneness. Nothing we imagine shall be impossible. If we are together as siblings, nothing shall be impossible for our sending to accomplish. Pray for the grace for oneness. That you will not always disagree with your spouse. You will not always think better than them. Oneness. 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 Don't always fight to be right. Don't always fight to be true. Fight for both of you. That is what is important. Oneness. Grace to be one. Grace to even see others and see them want to be part of you. Because you and your wife, you are one. Oneness. 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 Come on, declare oneness. In this dispensation, we need oneness. We need oneness. Mm. Oh, Hallelujah. Open your eyes, please. I hear the Lord saying, it is our week of oneness. Uh, oneness. You see, it's not about the oneness, it's about the fact that because we are one, nothing shall be impossible to us. Nothing shall be impossible to us. No matter the storm, no matter the rain, no matter the challenges, because we are one, we shall establish it.